the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The WLCC, Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre-recorded. Government is ordained by God, but manipulated by Satan. And Daniel, Isaiah, and Ezekiel all report demonic forces behind governments that were especially wicked. When its citizens turn away from the Lord and his standards, even the freest, and watch this, most democratic of governments, including that of our own United States, will eventually inhibit the free expression and practice of the Christian faith in hostility to Christ and his word. Folks, that time is coming. That might seem incredible, but look back over the past 70 years to see the astounding changes in our government. The size and influence of all levels of government have grown beyond what anyone could have imagined 200 years ago. Now, because of the fear of terrorism, along with the current atmosphere of tolerance for anyone except those proclaiming biblical truth, The rights we enjoy are in grave jeopardy. But all this is no surprise to God. And as we will hear today on Verse by Verse, He has it all under control. We are glad you could join us today. Our teacher, Pastor Steve Kreloff, has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily Bible classes of the air are an extension of that ministry. We have been discussing opposition to the gospel, and our main text is Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 23. Jesus warned his disciples, and us too, if we are his disciples, that people would oppose their message. He went on to warn that they would face violence from religion and government. Perhaps you wonder why the loving Savior would permit that. That's a good question, and the answer to it should affect how we live. Let's begin our class now and see what God's Word says about it. Here is Pastor Steve. You see, one of Satan's strategies as the God of this world is to control human governments. And let me show you this in Scripture, because you must take this by faith. No one sees this happening. We just see the evidence of it. But in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 4, it's also found in Matthew chapter 4, but in Luke chapter 4, we're told about when the devil tempted Jesus. And in verses 5 and 6, we see that one of the temptations revealed that Satan plays a huge role in the government. Luke chapter 4, beginning in verse 5, it says, And he led, he meaning the devil, led him, meaning Christ, up and showed him. It was a high mountain he took him to, it says. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. What a display that would have been. He, he gave some type of a graphic imagery for Christ to see all the empires, the nations. That would have to have included the United States and, and our time in history. All flash in a moment of time before Jesus. And here's what he said. The devil said to him, verse 6, 
I will give you all of this domain and its glory. And note this, for it has been handed over to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. You know, Jesus never said to him, pal, you don't have that kind of authority to even give that to me. He didn't, he didn't respond that way. He said, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God only and him shall you only serve. This was a legitimate offer. Satan as the prince of this world has some control behind human governments. See, even though the Bible teaches that government is God-ordained, it's a God-ordained institution, and that's why we ought to be obedient to rulers and governments that rule over us, except if they tell us to do something contrary to Scripture. But even though the government is God-ordained, Satan is the prince of this world, uses the governments to promote his agenda, and his agenda is always opposed to God and his people. Commenting on this concept of government and its antagonism to the gospel, John MacArthur in his commentary on Matthew has written wisely these words. Although government is established by God to preserve social order, it has also become an instrument of Satan to promote his work and, and to oppose the Lord's. Government is ordained by God, but manipulated by Satan. And Daniel, Isaiah, and Ezekiel all report demonic forces behind governments that were especially wicked. When its citizens turn away from the Lord and his standards, even the freest, and watch this, most democratic of governments, including that of our own United States, will eventually inhibit the free expression and practice of the Christian faith in hostility to Christ and his word. Folks, that time is coming. And although church history reveals that persecution against Christians have often been satanically sponsored by secular governments, listen, we haven't seen anything yet. The most intense form of government opposition has yet to come. It will come, we're told, during the time of the Great Tribulation. The book of Revelation in Revelation 13 speaks about about Satan's man, the Antichrist, known as the beast, who will be the one world ruler who will, as he rules over this world, eventually demand that the people, the citizens of this planet, all worship him. And the Bible says those who refuse to worship him, which will be believers, will feel the fury of his unbridled wrath. Folks, it's coming. It's coming. But that's the most intense form to prove that that, that Satan is behind governments. That will be the culmination of it all. And so we understand that behind government's antagonism to the gospel is the devil. Question is why? Why? Why in God's sovereign plan does God allow satanic governments to oppose the gospel with such open hostility? Have you ever asked yourself that? Why? What good purpose could that possibly serve to be brought before governors and and kings? Well, you know what? Jesus knew that the apostles were thinking that. And he knew that believers hearing this for the first time and studying this would wonder about that too. Lord, why, why, would that, why would you allow that? Why, you being the sovereign one, why would you even let that happen? And so once again, the Lord gives answer to that question when he says at the end of verse 18, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. Now that's a tremendous statement and it's very easy to overlook. But I don't want you to overlook it because if you do, you'll miss something very important about this whole concept of persecution. Jesus said that the reason for believers 
being brought before government officials is watch this so that they can give a testimony concerning the gospel before these pagan leaders, as well as other Gentiles who would be there and, and hear it. Folks, this is a great truth. This is a tremendous truth that even though it appears that Satan is calling the shots by running the governments of this world, we should understand by this that God in his sovereignty is merely using the devil, only using him to accomplish his divine will. And his divine will includes bringing the uh, the gospel before government officials from the lips of those who are persecuted. And this is really a statement of God's mercy and grace to wicked government officials. He's given them an opportunity to hear the saving message of salvation. It's tremendous. There's no better illustration of this, I don't think, than the Apostle Paul and the opportunity the Lord gave him while prisoner in the city of Rome. In fact, look at this in Philippians chapter one, and this would encourage you if you're going through a time of persecution, you're wondering why, why is this happening to me at work? It's difficult at school. They pick on me because of my faith. Uh, my family doesn't understand. Look at Philippians chapter one. Now, understand that Paul is writing this under arrest in the city of Rome. He's writing a letter to uh, a church in Philippi. And he's explaining to them some important truths they needed to know, but also what ha what's happening in his life. They were very concerned. People thought, oh, the great apostle Paul has been under arrest for years. And uh, what's going to happen to the truth of the gospel? And, and notice this. He says in verse 12, now, I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances, and he means my difficult circumstances, being uh, holed up in this prison, he said, have turned out, look at this, for the greater progress of the gospel. Paul, you mean you're under arrest, you're chained to a Roman guard night and day, and you're saying that the gospel has been progressing throughout the, the area? He said, that's right. And he clarifies and explains it in verse 13. So that my imprisonment in the cause of Christ has become well known throughout the whole Praetorian guard and to everyone else. The Praetorian guard were the elite guards of the emperor. They watched citizens of the state. One of them was chained to Paul every four to six hours. Now, do you think Paul just chatted about the sports and the weather while he was chained? Of course, he shared the gospel with them. And then they went home and they told their family members who told other people. And before you know it, this is spreading so that at the end of Philippians 4, notice verse 22, an amazing statement. Paul said, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. Even the household of the emperor had heard the gospel and some of them had been saved. I don't think this necessarily means family members, but the household could include slaves and those who, who uh, served them. Now, how did they hear the gospel? Well, they would have heard it from the Christians at Rome as well as the apostle Paul through others. A tremendous, tremendous truth. So, so listen, if, if you uh, are going through something now, understand it's for the greater progress of the gospel. So Jesus has specifically warned us that one of the areas that we can expect to be attacked, to, to receive attacks is in the area of the government. That's part of God's sovereign plan in order to give us an opportunity to stand before them and witness. Now think with me for a moment. This seems so removed from us because we just don't see it here. But let's just say that you knew that someday soon you would find yourself being brought before some of the most powerful people of the land, those who had the opportunity to and had the authority to arrest you, to torture you, to ultimately kill you, and that God expected you as you stood before them 
to give a clear witness for him. Well, what would be your thinking? I'll tell you exactly what would be your thinking if you're honest. You'd be worried. It'd be, be my f- thinking too. Worried and fearful and nervous. What, do I, what am I going to say? I don't even know what to say in the grocery store line when somebody says something to me, let alone I'm going to appear before a governor and, and judges and, and kings. Fearful, worried, anxious about what you would say for Christ in such a very intimidating situation. And that is precisely why Jesus proceeded to give some very comforting, encouraging words found in verses 19 and 20. A few weeks before his death by natural causes, atheist philosopher David Hume confidently said that life after death was a most unreasonable fancy. Yet, as he was about to die, he was reported to have screamed in desperation, I am in flames. Compare that to the calm confidence of 2nd century Bishop Polycarp, who faced death at the hands of the Roman government, unless he would renounce Christ. His famous response was, Eighty and six years have I now served Christ, and he has never done me the least wrong. How then can I blaspheme my King and my Savior? As they prepared him for the flames, Polycarp thanked God for the privilege of dying for Christ. They both seemed to have a clear idea what awaited them on the other side. May the Lord always enable us to remain loyal to Christ, no matter what kind of opposition we face. What we've just read about government persecution is tough. Listen, if you and I lived in an Islamic country, they'd be, they'd be closing this church right after this sermon. Maybe not even waiting for that. So this, this stuff is real. And sometimes we, we think, now nah, that'll never happen. It will happen. This is, these are tough words, but verses 19 and 20 are comforting words. But when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you are to say, for it will be given to you in that hour what you are to say. For it is not you who speak, but it is the spirit of your father who speaks in you. Now, the first thing we notice is that Jesus immediately says, don't worry. It's a command. Do not worry about what you are to say when you're going to be brought before government officials. And the reason he tells us not to worry about what we're going to say is that he gives us a promise that when that hour comes, when we find ourselves before our accusers who have the authority to torture and kill us, he's going to give us the appropriate words to say. That's the promise. In fact, he tells us that at the very time of our, of our greatest need, the Holy Spirit is going to speak through us as a witness for Christ. For the apostles, that would, that would mean inspiration. For us, it would mean he'd bring to our minds the truths of, of his word. Now, I think it is very important that we understand exactly what Jesus is saying here because it's very easy to misunderstand this and there have been many leaders who have misunderstood this, Christian leaders. So let me start by, by telling you what the Lord was not saying. He was not saying that it's wrong for Bible teachers to spend time preparing their lessons. Now, you may think, oh, please, nobody could get this from that. Au contraire, they do, and they will continue to do that. This statement by Jesus should never be used to justify a lack of diligent sermon preparation for ministers. Our Lord is not teaching us that in the name of spirituality, you ought to get up and be extemporaneous in your speaking. No prior preparation because the Holy Spirit will just give you the words to say. And if you don't, if you study before, you're going to stifle the Holy Spirit. Listen, that is a very real issue. 
That is a very real issue. You may think it not, but there are many pastors, especially within the charismatic movement, who, who live by this. In fact, it goes beyond that. As many of you know, I, I teach once a year in an academy, a theological academy in Sicily. And uh, most of the men who come to us are very wonderful y- youngish men who are elders or will be elders in their, uh, in their churches. They're generally brethren churches. And one uh, I, I drew very close to this last year. He lives in northern Italy, and we have corresponded by email. And he said, and understand, the whole week I'm teaching, I'm teaching them to study and be diligent, and, and you have to spend time in, uh, in your studies. Well, he went back to his church and got all kinds of resistance on that. And he wrote me, and he said, the men, and they're mostly older men who have been doing this for years, say that, no, if you, if you prepare, you're going to quench the Holy Spirit. No, we just get up and, and we're spontaneous. And he said, what should I do? And I, I, I gave him the whole one week again, go back and, and study. And, and they probably used this verse to support their, their silly view. Listen, that is a silly view. That's absurd. That's absurd. To use this verse to excuse sermon and lesson preparation is to twist the meaning of the Bible. Those Christian leaders who preach extemporaneously, spontaneously, and think that that's being spirit-led need to understand that a lack of sermon preparation isn't spiritual uh, at all. The Bible has another name for it. It's called laziness, is what it's called, not spirituality. Laziness. In fact, years ago, I read about a minister who refused to study and he boasted that all the time he needed to prepare his Sunday sermon was the few minutes it took him to walk from his parsonage to the church building, which was right next door. So you know what his elders did? They bought him another parsonage about five miles away. And you can take all the time you want, but we want someone who will study and teach us the word. Listen, Christ's promise of the Holy Spirit to give believers words to speak have absolutely Nothing to do with Sunday sermons and normal Bible teaching situations. This is only, and I say it's only, a promise for those in potentially life-threatening situations as they stand before pagan authorities and testify of Christ, men and women who have no other opportunity to study. They're being thrust into that situation that uh, this is a promise, don't worry. Even though you haven't had time to think through all of this and to, to get your lesson plan together, don't worry because I'll give you the words to speak. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. One Bible teacher commenting on this promise said this, many of the most memorable and powerful testimonies of the great martyrs were uttered just before they were put to death. God gave them a special presence of mind and clarity of thought to present a testimony more powerful than they would otherwise have been able to give. That's precisely what he's talking about. He's not talking about your normal situations in life. He's talking about those abnormal times when your life is in danger and you're not sure what to say and you haven't had time to think it all through. Jesus said, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will bring his word to your mind. So if this ever happens to you and you find yourself among gospel hostile government leaders, Christ promises you don't have to worry. I've put you in that situation and I will supply everything you need. Trust me to quicken your mind and bring my word to your mind. Now, how do we apply a message like this? What's the central truth that we get from this? Well, certainly we shouldn't go out of our way to stir up trouble so that we're thrust in a court of law so that we can testify of Christ. That's not what Jesus is teaching. I think the main thing that, that we all should get from this, these verses is be faithful to Christ. 
Be loyal to him and the truths of the gospel and, and determine in your heart never to compromise God's word so that you'll avoid ever being arrested for your faith. Determine it now. Don't wait till, well, I'll see what happens. The time may very well come, folks, and it may not be as far off as we think when it will be illegal in our country to be a Christian or, or perhaps to teach God's word and certainly to say the things that we say from this pulpit about Islam and speaking against homosexuality, things like that. In some nations, not far from us, that's illegal. Time may come for it to be illegal here or to witness to others about the Lord Jesus. Question is, will you be loyal to Christ regardless of the consequences? That's the real issue. It's very easy to be loyal to him during the good times in life. What about those difficult times? Loyalty to Christ as one of his disciples is the real heart of life. Let's bow for prayer. So loyalty, if you're a believer in Christ, I I urge you to be loyal, to be so committed to him that if they come after you and say, denounce Christ or, or be killed for your faith, you testify of Christ and die for him. He'll give you his grace. His grace, he says, is always sufficient, even as he'll give you the right words to speak. You go out witnessing for him, but be loyal, be loyal no matter what. But you first have to know him to be loyal to him. If, if you're someone who's listening to this and wondering, I don't know what you're talking about, loyalty, faithfulness, well, what, what are you even talking about? You first have to know him. You first have to, what the Bible says, repent of your sins and trust Christ as your Lord and Savior to enter into a relationship with him. And then you'll understand what loyalty is. You have to understand that you are a sinner. You deserve the wrath of God, but Christ in his magnificent grace, took the place of sinners while on the cross. And the Bible says that, uh, that he died. He died as a substitute sin offering. And if you'll trust him, if you'll trust him, you, if you know you're a sinner and trust him to trust for forgiveness, for eternal life, then God will forgive you. And he will impute the very righteousness of Christ on your account. Then you'll understand about loyalty to the Savior. If uh, we can be of any help in clarifying that, uh, we would love to do that. Myself, or any of our staff members, any of our elders, just, just seek us out and we'll be happy to sit down with you and explain more fully the gospel. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Hard words, but good words, Lord. I thank you that... In your love for us, you tell us what we can expect. And Lord, I pray in the, in the sunshine of the freedom that we enjoy in our nation, help us to share the gospel, Lord. We are unhindered basically now in doing that, but the time may come where it may indeed cost us a lot to speak of our Savior. And I pray that you will help us, Lord, to be faithful and loyal to you. And that if we go out dying for you, may we go out with the testimony of Christ on our lips and knowing that you'll give us grace. Lord, I thank you for the great promise that, uh, that you have given us, that you will always bring to mind our, your word as we face these hostile situations. And I realize, Lord, that some are going uh, to be put, not necessarily before governors and kings right now, but they find themselves before family members who want to argue over the gospel, before uh, friends who attack them, before relatives, fellow workers. I I pray that you'll help us also not to worry 
even in those situations, but to know that uh, you'll bring to, to our minds what we need to say. Just help us to be faithful to you. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. After more than 26 years of teaching, Pastor Steve continues to serve at Lakeside while we at Verse by Verse Ministries make his clear, practical messages available to you through this radio station. We are a faith ministry dependent upon the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen online or download the file for later. Besides the archives page with previous programs, we have links for subscribing to our free podcasting service and our complimentary newsletter. That is versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the conclusion of a three-part message. To hear this entire message without announcements, you can order a CD or cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again, 727-441-1714. We have been studying the topic of opposition to the gospel from Matthew chapter 10. Opposition to the good news does not come from just religion and government. There is three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.